Next on BYUSN, Kansas is favored by as many as 10 points tomorrow. Is that fair or disrespectful? Steve Young joins the program to discuss the first Big 12 game, 3-0, and Puka Nakua's sizzling start. Plus, the stats that actually matter for BYU and Kansas tomorrow. Let's have some fun with numbers in this Big 12 opener, and it's week four of the Big 12 roundup. Which conference teams are on upset alert in a major way? Let's go. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, September 22nd. I am Jerem Jordan at Studio B in Provo. Here's Spencer Linton, live from Overland Park, Kansas, for the first time ever as BYUSN goes to Kansas on this LDS Friday, Spence. Uh, yes, I'm glad you brought up LDS Friday because the great Pat McAfee had a show yesterday that he dubbed LDS Thursday. Yes, this is a special Friday for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Overland Park. It is the eve of the Big 12 opener, Jerem. Let's do it big. LDS Friday, uh, I'm all for it. And just so you know, I'm sitting in the conference room that the BYU football coaches will meet in in just a few hours when they arrive at the team hotel. So we've got it warmed up for them. We might have a few, you know, welcome gifts, some, some drinks and whatnot. We'll see what we can do to help them feel welcomed in this great state of Kansas. Riddle me this. Overland Park, south of Kansas City, like 45 minutes away from Lawrence. Not a good hotel in Lawrence to stay at? I'm going to let Peter or Sarah answer that question. Uh, I'm not the educated one in this regard, and I don't want to get myself in trouble. But I will tell you this. This Sheraton is a very nice, accommodating hotel that can certainly host a huge football team. So Of course it is. Nate Mickle. To is, just, is there a hotel big enough? <laughs> yes. Nate Mickle, where are them For hotels sure. at in Lawrence? Let's go, man. All right. Let's fire it up. What's trending? <laughs> Uh, is presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, baby. Okay, BYU's been playing as a Big 12 team, but we have yet to see a Big 12 game. We have arrived on a ball night eve in the afternoon tomorrow between BYU and Kansas. Spence, Kansas is favored by as many as 10 points. Is this fair or disrespectful to the Cougs? I'm not ready to say that it's disrespectful. I certainly want BYU to take it that way, but I think it's just kind of a gross oversight by a collection of so-called experts that set these lines. Like, I, I feel like did people did not really watch what happened last week. Like, Kansas is good. Don't get me wrong. Kansas is a good football team, and they have a very explosive offense. They were tied with Nevada in Reno in the fourth quarter just a week ago. BYU won at Arkansas. So I'm not sure where in the collective minds of these experts they think, oh, uh, yeah, well, BYU won at Arkansas. Kansas inched by Nevada. Yeah, let's make Kansas a 10-point favorite. And in potentially a weird game with some weather that could affect things, I just I don't see it. So I think it's more, I think it's ignorance 
more than it is disrespect. But I hope that BYU does play the disrespect card. If I was a coach on BYU's team right now, I'd be like, look, you just, you're just you 3-0. You just beat Arkansas. You figured it out on the road in a hostile SEC environment. This is what they think of you. They think you're a 10-point underdog. Like, utilize that as fuel for sure. So while I don't think it's actual disrespect, I don't think that people really know what BYU is. BYU is better than a 10-point underdog at Kansas. That, I believe, wholeheartedly. I'd probably put the line at maybe six. Uh, and Kansas should be a home favorite. They're good. They have the offensive preseason player of the year. They're a good team. But I wouldn't put it at 10. I'd probably put it at six. How do you view it, Jerem? You look at this as disrespect, or is this just an oversight in general? I think it's an oversight by Vegas. I could certainly see them looking at the offensive numbers and production by BYU in terms of yards per carry and yards per attempt and so on. But at the end of the day, it's about how many points you score and how many points the other team scores. And so far, BYU scored at least one more point than every team they played. Last week was an impressive showing by BYU in an eclectic game back and forth multiple double-digit runs by both teams, which was wild. Certainly the explosive offense and the numbers and efficiency that Kansas is putting up, highlighted by 500 yards a game, and the amount of touchdowns they have scored is only two different than BYU right now, despite all of those yards. BYU's getting it done with fewer yards. You could argue there's more efficiency in that in some regard. But yeah, feels kind of weird. Obviously, Vegas isn't out to ruffle any feathers. They're out to make straight cash, homie. And the line has moved increasingly towards Kansas. People think that Kansas is going to put some points on BYU and win this by at least two scores. It's perfect for what BYU does best, which is no one thinks we can do it, and it's us versus the world. I love when BYU operates from this spot. At some point in the future, BYU is going to be the favorite and needs to win a conference championship and expect that. Right now, BYU is not in that spot. They're in the... Tyler Batty told you, right, we're BYU. This is what we do. We're the underdog. We expect to, to come out and do this. Weather certainly could affect this game. What are you seeing with the weather, not only today, but what is forecast for tomorrow that could affect the matchup? Well, we're hopeful that the storm that is hitting right now, and it is pretty furious, is moving a little bit faster than once was forecasted. So we're, we're hoping that the rain just moves through faster but even if it does, I, I would imagine that there will still be some damp field conditions. Um, it'll be slick. Just, just give me some sunshine to try and dry out that field a little bit uh, at the booth, as Kansas fans call it. Um, but I feel like we're, we're headed for a game where Kansas is probably going to try and ground and pound a little bit to open up Jalen Daniels to really take the top off of a BYU defense that has been really good. So hopeful that weather will not play a major factor and that the storms push through quicker than we once thought. Uh, because if it does rain, man, then, then it gets really tough because BYU and their run game have certainly not been statistically impressive. And Kansas brings everybody back on their offensive line. They have been able to move the ball. They are playing at home. So if this becomes like a heavy ground game, I don't think that that favors BYU right now. No. I think BYU needs there to be some sunshine and the ability to throw the ball and have some explosive plays to feel like, yeah, they can go into Lawrence and win this game. So uh, hoping, fingers crossed, that it is not just a deluge of rain and, and BYU can actually open up the full arsenal in their playbook, certainly in the past game with Keaton Slovis. This needs to be a Keaton Slovis breakout game on offense. Um, we need to see, like, 
SCU like numbers um, if the BYU defense does not slow down Kansas. I think they will. I think there will be a couple of turnovers here. I think Jalen Daniels is going to see some pressures that he has not seen this year. Remember, it's not like Daniels has played a gajillion college football games. He got hurt in the fifth game last year, came back later in the year. And, and Kansas, full respect to Kansas and what they can and, and will do. But let us not forget, this is a program that has not had a winning record. For as good as we've talked about them, they did not have a winning record last year. Uh, they were 6-7 and seven, um, because Daniels get hurt. They have not had a winning record since 08. They certainly think this is the year where they get over the hump there. They went to a bowl game. They were 500. They like, BYU, if you can win at Arkansas down 14 nothing, you can absolutely go to Kansas and win a football game. This is, this is Kansas is a better offensive team than Arkansas. I don't know if overall they are better. They're not as physical and tough in the trenches as uh, middle-of-the-pack Arkansas and the SEC is, but it's a different kind of challenge, and BYU have to slow down a potent offense. Kansas reminds me of what BYU has been in the past, not this year on defense, but where a really explosive offense and then slow them down enough kind of defense. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. And uh, this is another one of those games where I feel a little bit like I did going into the Arkansas game last week. BYU was an eight-point underdog. We weren't really mm, sure what the Cougars familiar. are. We weren't sure what Arkansas is. I still don't know what Kansas actually is. Yeah, they played three games, but they played a very, very similar schedule to BYU in terms of one Power 5 win, one win over an FCS, and yeah, one Power 5 difference. win. And frankly, yeah. Kansas didn't look great against Nevada. And... Yeah, what is Illinois? So this feels very similar to, to last week. I'm not really sure what to expect, but uh, I am wholeheartedly not buying a 10-point favorite for Kansas. But no. I think BYU is a better football team than having to show up as a 10-point underdog in Lawrence. All right, let's get to topic two and some numbers, some fun with numbers on this LDS Friday, Jerem. Let's go. Churches cross okay. Does... Yes, we're going to bring up several stats, okay. and we will answer if these statistics actually matter. In fact, you start us off, Jerem. What's the first stat you want to go to, and we'll discuss if it actually matters. We talked about the run game. BYU's averaging 2.7 yards per carry. Does that matter? Yes, this one absolutely matters, especially in this game. If, if there is rain in the forecast, BYU 100% will have to be better than 2.7 yards per carry to win this game against the Jayhawks. Um, and you just can't put BYU's defense on the field that much. Like, if BYU can't move the chains and do so with the running game a little bit and have at least three yards per carry, I just don't see how they can get into a shootout potentially and, and win this game. They, they need the run game to be a little bit better than 2.7 yards per carry. Yeah, that stat matters. How do you feel? Uh, it matters. Kansas is 80th in the country and nearly four yards per carry allowed, so they're not a tremendous defense, and nor have they played a tremendous offense in the run game. BYU looks super anemic in the run game. This needs to be a game where BYU goes for 150-plus. Oh, man. I would love that, and if BYU does run for 150, put it in the books, John Beck. The Cougars are going to win Gufford's this game player of the year. if they do exactly what you said. If they do what you say, Jeremy, go 150-plus rushing, BYU absolutely is going to win this game. Okay, next stat. Kansas is converting almost 63% of their third downs. BYU is converting 30% of the Cougars' third downs. Do those stats matter? Yes, because uh, Kansas moves the chains, man. They uh, are 16th in the country with 26 first downs a game. BYU 
about 16 a game, bottom 10 in the country. Certainly moving the chains equates to a certain amount of points, but BYU has been wildly successful with, in spite of that, going 41 and 38 points in back-to-back -back weeks, despite not super efficient offense or a lot of yards. And so let's see if BYU can't establish the, the ground game a little bit and keep Kansas off the field because they average 34 minutes of possession, which is top 25 in the country. BYU's got to get Kansas's offense off the field. This stat absolutely matters. And frankly, BYU can keep Kansas's offense off the field if the Cougars can stay on the field. We were just talking about that a moment ago, Jerem, specifically with the run game. BYU's got to be able to move the chains. They've got to get more than three yards per carry, get first downs, and give their defense a chance to rest. So it works both ways. Yeah, these numbers matter. BYU has to stay on the field with their offense to keep Kansas's highly efficient offense off the field. Next number. Okay, you've got it, Jerem. Take it away. Kansas averaging 500 yards of total offense a game. Uh, I don't think this really matters because Kansas hasn't played BYU's defense. I know BYU gave up over 400 yards of offense to Arkansas, or total yards, I should say, and a big punt return is part of that. But Kansas hasn't played a defense, I believe, that is as good as BYU. So I don't really care that they're averaging 500 yards a game in the previous three because I feel like this is the best defense that they're going to face. Now, it would be something if BYU can keep Kansas to 400 or maybe a little under that. That, to me, feels like another winning number. Are you buying into the 500? No. BYU's defense will uh, do well against Kansas in that regard. They're not going to put up 500. If Kansas have 500 yards of offense, they're going to have 40-plus points, and they, uh, I imagine, would win this game. I believe the BYU defense will, uh, will stifle Kansas in some way to where it could be sub-400, and that would be the winning number for BYU. Okay. Kansas is rushing for 216 yards per game. BYU's defense is only allowing 99 yards per game on the ground. What do you think about the contrast of those two numbers, and where does it really matter in that regard? I'm excited for this BYU defensive line and front seven that has uh, been pretty good this year to go up against a really good running attack. Led by Devin Neal, there's only 13 dudes who have played at least three games this year that average 100 yards in college football. He is one of them. He had three TDs last week. He has five for the season, which is one of the top ten numbers in the country. It is a challenge to go up against that Kansas offense because they are pretty balanced in a 200-200-plus situation. BYU, by the way, in terms of play calls, is nearly exactly 50% run, 50% pass themselves. Hmm. Devin Neal is an impressive dude. You and I, after we interviewed him at Big 12 Conference Media Days, were both like, that guy is awesome. He's super sharp. He's a super good athlete. BYU's got their hands full for sure. No way BYU's going to give up 216 rushing yards. I, I just I trust the defense. I trust Jay Hill. I trust his scheming, uh, his techniques. And I trust Jay Hill's ability to make adjustments in the middle of the game, Jerem, something yep. we haven't talked about a lot. He is so good at making adjustments on the fly and figured some things out against Arkansas. I expect him to do the same against Kansas. Uh, is it safe to, or maybe fair to say that the team who wins the ground game wins this game overall? Could, do, per, would we settle on something like that? Perhaps. I don't know that it's that sort of stark. The way that BYU has won has surprised me in a couple of different ways because if you told me certain offensive numbers, I would say there's no way BYU won that game, yet they have. And so I don't know that there's a single number, maybe there is, that, that if you told me that happens, therefore BYU wins, I go, I don't know. Like, BYU's doing it in a variety mm -hmm. of ways, which is good complementary football. Okay, under Lance Leipold at Kansas, third year now, Jayhawks are 9-3 when scoring first, 2-14 and 14 
when the opponent does. Does this stat matter? This is a fascinating stat, but I don't really buy into it. Uh, I buy more into the turnover margin conversation that, uh, again, was prevalent for BYU last week. Uh, like it, if Kansas scores first, great. You, they, they have a better chance to win. Uh, not, not with this BYU team who went down 14 nothing last week, and we're down 31-21, and Arkansas had the ball late in the third quarter. Uh, no. So this, those numbers don't matter to me. Whoever scores first, great. Whatever. Uh, I'm more concerned in looking at the turnover battle and who wins the margin in that regard. Uh, man, it just it feels like with this BYU team, because they are efficient when they get turnovers, Jerem, that, that that is going to be the major factor tomorrow. I, I care less who scores first. What do you think? Seven uh, takeaways, two giveaways. BYU's done a nice job in the turnover margin in that regard. Top ten in the country. Um, last week, BYU trailed 14-0, as you mentioned. Uh, all good. By the way, courtesy of Gregor Bell, BYU 12-0 in its last uh, 12 road game. Uh, 12-0 when scoring a first possession touchdown on the road under Kalani Stocky. So let's okay. see if BYU can't okay. uh, score first, and that could mean good things. But again, no single stat's going to convince me that's just an automatic win. There's a lot of scenarios in a given game. <laughs> Dr. Strange has spun through 14 million of those, and there's only one in which BYU wins. No, there's many in which BYU wins in this situation. <laughs> I'm with you. Let's just let's see BYU score first and then just hope that those trends continue for BYU and Kansas, who is 2-14 when the opponent scores first under Lance Leipold. Okay, final one. BYU, this is wild, is 40-3. 40 wins, just three losses when scoring 30-plus points in the Kalani Satake era. Does that stat matter? Not in this one because this could be a shootout. They, you, I expect both teams to be in the 30s. I'm hoping Kansas is kind of middle of 20s, BYU's high 30s in this one. I could see Toledo 2016 playing itself out in the 50s in this one. Who knows? I think the BYU defense will make some timely takeaways and Keep some points off the board. But 31 allowed wasn't terrible at Arkansas. BYU, it was enough to win in that situation because it was only 21 on defense. Yeah, it, it matters a little bit uh, because, especially with this BYU offense, we're not really sure what they're going to do. If this BYU offense can put together a 30-plus point game in Lawrence, man, I like their chances. By the way, I'm writing all these stats down. There's, like, notepads here for all the coaches. I'll, I'll make sure that uh, all the stats that we just discussed are in front hey. of the coaches when they get here. Hey, Jay, <laughs> did you know this one? He's like, I knew that one on Monday. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> hey, I can't wait for Aaron to be like, Spencer, stats are for losers. Stats are for stats losers. Stats are for losers. You guys are losers. Our question of the day is this. Kansas is favored over BYU by as many as 10 points. Is that fair or disrespectful to Brigham? Kenzie underscore McCann on X. Relation to Dave? Question mark. Kansas is a good team, and they're playing at home, but 10 points seems a little disrespectful to a BYU team that went into SEC country and beat Arkansas. Or our Kansas this week. More fuel to the fire for my Cougs. Let's embrace that underdog role and go beat Kansas. Again, BYU operates well in this space of being an underdog, so I am yeah. perfectly fine with this line. Let every line be like this one. Let's go. Continue to weigh in on X, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up tomorrow, you can watch Spencer and the guys. 1.30 Eastern time as they get you ready from Lawrence, Kansas, and Provo, Utah on BYUSN Game Day coming up tomorrow afternoon. After the break, Steve Young joins the program to talk about 3-0, the first Big 12 game, Puka Nakua, and much more. This is BYU Sports Nation.
BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. That's a big-time throw right there. He had one-on-one coverage. Young under pressure again. This time steps up and escapes. Makes a nice move. Escapability out to the 29-yard line. That was Tom Young from the 1992 Aloha Bowl. We welcome you back to BYU Sports Nation from Provo and Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, we tried to get Tom on the show all week. Couldn't find his number. Um, so, you know what? We'll just settle for his brother, Steve, who apparently also played at BYU, who now joins us on BYU Sports Nation. Steve, thanks for filling in for Tom. What's up, boys? Yeah, he was excited. I, I sent him an Instagram of his interception, I guess, that lost the game. I can't remember what happened, but... He goes, I'm going to be big this week. I'm going to be famous. And now you said that, he's so upset that you didn't call him. In fact, you know what? I'm texting you his number right now because yeah, he's fired up to get on and talk to you about it. I mean, he. one thing about Tom, Tom loved football. I don't know. I loved, I, loved the, I loved the challenge of the game, but he loved, like, the game. The guts of the game like he, he you know when he got he got married and uh and he finished that that game was his last i think it was byu career and then he went to finland and played uh semi-pro ball for a year uh with his little family and they lived in helsinki and he played because he just he wanted to play and uh so that's tom that's great <laughs> Well, it's fitting that uh, Kansas is the way that BYU opens up Big 12 play, Steve. And I'm sure that uh, with some ribbing of Tom and looking back at that Aloha Bowl, it certainly brings up some memories. But as you look ahead to BYU now in the Big 12, it's official tomorrow, their first Big 12 conference game. What type of emotions do you feel as you watch your alma mater venture into the Power Five? Well, I, I think the emotions came when the, when the schedule came out. And you looked at it and you're like, you know, you just – see the names and it's just it's it's the games it's games that we always set on the schedule that made us feel big time or that made us feel like we were growing up or that we were a huge challenges and whenever we go play te texas a&m or we play nebraska or we play georgia or we play anywhere and it was always a big deal because that was our chance to show that we were you know that we were growing up too and so now uh that's what it is we live there now this is our that's not just one off or a couple off in a year. This is where we live. And the and the opportunity is immense. You know, if you can do something in your conference now, you're taking over Texas and Oklahoma. And like it's, and I think that we have grown into that. I don't know, you guys, are, we were just talking about that before, Jeremy. We, we, we just, we, I think we feel like we can go on the road and beat anybody. And that's, what last week was so big is because we have a new group of guys, new quarterback that have to go prove to themselves that we can handle this, that we can go deal with this. We can, we're up to it. And then they go down 14, nothing. And you're like, uh, maybe we're not up to it. You know, maybe it's not going to go. And, uh, and then to answer it. And I think that's a, it's a revelation to them. Anyone on the team that said, Oh yeah, yeah. We're down 14, nothing in Arkansas. You know, we're fine. That's just not true because you haven't you haven't been there, and so as leaders of that team that are new and that, that are that are going to take us this next year or two to wherever we go, I thought last week was super important. Kind of they come back and I was like I was so excited that we were in the game 
and that we were in the game in the third quarter. Like, I, I, I guess I had lower expectations. Like, my, geez, we're in it, you know? And then once we were in it, I was like, let's win it. And then when they did, I just felt like for Keaton and for that group of guys that, that went down there and did that, that's that no one else can give that to them. Nothing else can give that to them. And so now they take that this week. Look, whatever happens, happens. But you're, they're in a much better space for the money they put in the bank last week. And, and the idea that the Big 12 is a part of our future history is, uh, um, I don't know, we always dreamed about it. And, and here we are. And I think it's super cool. It's beautiful, and BYU's 3-0, but flawed. Certainly have issues across the board, and Vegas has reflected that in that Kansas is as high as a 10-point favorite, which seems interesting to me. Kansas has a really dynamic offense. They've struggled on defense a little bit. Struggled with a Nevada team who lost to Idaho, so I don't know what kind of transitive properties we want to throw on that. But what do you make of this initial matchup with Kansas, given what you've seen from BYU so far? Well, Kansas is, you know, they're coming from, they're not coming from the top, right? They're trying to climb... They got a new coach and they got things that they're doing that are trying to change the narrative for Kansas football. And it's been a while, right? It's been a minute since they were, you know, kind of relevant. So like you can, they can, all the odds makers can say whatever they want. And I think there's been a sense that this general consensus that they looked at our roster and looked at the, at the changeover and decided that we weren't very good. And I just think that's always a mistake with us because we are dealing with more mature people that are coming off of missions and they've been around longer. And in that way, we I think we can transition maybe more effectively than than the guys that have, you know, three year younger um, uh, rosters. So you can say whatever you want about us. And the other thing I love about Kalani's teams, it feels like like I haven't done the study. You guys would know better, but it feels like when we go on the road, we are better. Like we play great football. We, I look at home is home, but but when we go on the road, I feel like especially when we have to play up on the road, it feels like we win. It feels like we play really well, uh, and I think that's exciting about the history that he's built for um, for BYU and what we've been able to do over the years. And I think against Kansas, I I, I am I, you can tell me ten points, you can tell me twenty points. I don't feel like you can do whatever you say does not affect how I feel now. You know, five days after last week, about this, this, what this, the capabilities of this team. There are flaws, but there are flaws that are, I think, that can get fixed and get closed by maturity and by time. Like the offensive line, I thought early, you know, the first game in SU, I'm like, holy crap, what do we got going here? And, and you just see them grow into it. And maybe that's the strength in the next few weeks. I just think that's the kind of transition that we can make with our guys. Steve, to your point, um, just throw this stat out there. BYU has won their last six consecutive road openers all under Kalani Satake, and that includes wins at Wisconsin, at Tennessee, right. and now there at Arkansas. So That's there what is it definitely is. Okay. something there. I, I knew There's I was something, right. something there. I knew I was right, and I knew you'd, you'd back me up. And I, <laughs> that's what it feels like. And it feels like, and I guess the issue, the issue is that, uh, that playing on the road, especially when you're playing an unfamiliar territory, in an unfamiliar territory against kind of a big name is where a lot of teams fade. A lot of teams don't come out with a who are what's our best self. You don't see it. They always go home on the plane. They're like, geez, that was not who we were. That happens a ton. And then here we are going to unfamiliar places. Like you just said, Wisconsin. I remember that one vividly. 
and we're better than maybe we thought we were. And I think that's what's cool about what Kalani's able to do with this team. I don't know what's how he how he prepares them, how he gets them, how he makes, how's it makes them feel. Uh, maybe it's a pregame speech. I don't know what it is, but uh, there's something that he does that allows for the the most of us, which could be you know whatever that is, it, it gets to come out on the road against big teams. I think that's cool. Keaton Slovis and the offense certainly aren't putting up eye-popping numbers. They're getting it done um, with fewer yards and fewer possessions. They've had sub-60 plays the last two weeks. Yep, they put up 41 and 38. What do you expect uh, from Keaton Slovis here, given that this is a unique schedule and that BYU is going to play 10 Power 5 teams, and this won't be the 300-yard passing games perhaps as much as the past? Um, I thought last week was big for Keaton. Um, it's been fun to kind of connect with him and uh, – uh, he's a guy that I, I think um, just little I know about him and watching him that he'll grow into the role. It's not something that it's like he's not a there's some guys that are fake it till they make it kind of people where it's like, I'm good when they're really not good, but they're kind of acting like they're good because that's how they do it. Keenan feels like he just he, he's very humble about what he's doing. He's coming into it with that humility and that he'll grow substantively every week. And we'll see that. And uh and I, I, we saw that last week. And he made some great throws, great decisions. And he's not causing us, he's not causing himself a lot of grief. Um, do I think he plays even better this week? I do. I think, he, I, and I think the team does too. I feel like that's, that's, we don't know who this team is yet, but this team is not who they were at the beginning of the season. They're going to be significantly better as we work along the, the season. That doesn't mean we get kicked in the teeth every once in a while, but. Um, I just, I don't know. I feel like there's, I'm highly, uh, I have high expectations for Keaton as he improves every week. So I'm not going to say that we're not going to throw the ball. I'm not going to say he's not going to have 300 yards. I'm going to, I'm going to say last week was a, was a trigger for what we can do. And let's see what we can build off of. Tom Young's brother, Steve, is again on BYU Sports Nation with us <laughs> as we celebrate. We've got to call Tom. Hold on. We've got to. Hold on. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, all right. He's texting him right I'm now. I'm sitting in the conference room. I'm sitting in the conference room where the BYU football coaches will meet later today. If you were to send a message to them as they open up Big 12 play, what would it be? I, I can pass it along to them. Uh... I feel like you know. I, I feel like we started last week. I don't think there's like there's. I don't think there's a new news today. Oh, the Big Twelve. It's like we were in the SEC last week. So like whatever. We're and I don't think they're gonna. I don't think we should belabor it. And this is where this is who we are. This is where we are. We belong. I think we belong in every way that you can you can talk about it. Like like you know what what do we bring from a fan base? What do we bring from a a, a TV network? What do we bring from a history? What do we bring from? Uh, um, in an athletic department, what do we bring from uh, the, the the quality of players that we that we put into the NFL? What what about the guys that are on the field today? Like, there's no reason to feel anything but absolutely like we're in the top of the heap of the Big 12. We we hang we're gonna hang with the big boys, and that's that's how that's how we think, and that's who we are. So let's go do it. I think it's super cool to not over get overwrought about it, like. Like or or over you know over emotional about it, like we've been wanting to be here for a long time. We feel like we deserve to be here for a long time, and now we're here, and step into those shoes. Those are big shoes, but we can fill them, and I'm excited about that because it's, you know, 
even back 30, 40 years ago, we thought we were big enough for it. And, and, uh, and we would play like it. And, and we did it uh, at times. And so it's like, now we get to live there. And I think that's, I don't think that's, it's special, but I don't want to, again, I don't want to make it uh, something that we're like, oh my gosh, can you believe? Like, no, we've been ready to do this for a long time. Let's go do it. Let's go do it indeed. BYU at Kansas coming up tomorrow. In the I tried NFL. to FaceTime Tom. I tried to FaceTime Tom. He didn't answer. So. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> Next time. We'll get Tom on for sure. Okay, Steve, Puka Nakua, we, we thought he could have a chance to be a, a good receiver in the NFL, but what he has done through the first two weeks has been mind-blowing. What sticks out about what he has accomplished thus far? What sticks out is how awesome he looks. You know, like watching him play, you just go, oh, that guy's amazing. The strength and the and the and the and, and the feel for the for the zone reads and how he and how how easy he catches the football like it doesn't there's nothing about him that feels like he's not going to be great uh, and you felt that I swear to you I felt that in the first half of the first game it's like Puka's playing oh my gosh he's catching oh he looks great <laughs> and I think that um, this is not a flash this is not something that people are going oh let's pay attention now to Puka Nakua and we'll shut him down like I think he's that. He's that kind of a guy. And I, some people, and I don't know, I, I, I call it the foresight in the court, in the quarterback world where it's like the star Wars, like they don't know how to explain it. They just say that they have the force. Like you can, it's just, you know, they put the light wand over you like, you're like, Oh my gosh, this guy's got the force. And that's what Puka has in the pro game. Some people can grow into the higher level and you just feel it like they're, they're made for it in a weird way. And you don't know it until you do it. And I think that, um, with Matthew healthy, which is awesome to see him. Last year, was, he was just dragging his arm around. It's terrible. Uh, but this year, he looks really healthy. The ball's coming out. And then when Cooper Cup gets better and they get kind of solidified, the two of them, I, I thought the Rams last week showed that they weren't – I thought people thought – I think I thought they were going to be terrible. I thought a lot of people thought they were going to be terrible. They're not going to be terrible. And, uh, and then by the end of the year, they might be beating a lot of people. So that's just so cool to see what Fred's doing on our team – what Puka's doing in, in L.A., what Tyler's doing in Atlanta. And they all, I mean, Rams have to come some distance, I get that, but they all might meet in the playoffs and have those guys representing us as, again, I keep saying super cool. It's super cool. Yeah, wildly entertaining for sure. And Steve, as you look at Zach Wilson, uh, you mentioned players evolving and developing. We were all so hopeful that he was going to have some real time to mature and develop in the hip pocket of Aaron Rodgers. And then just in the most unbelievable way, Rodgers has done three plays into the season, and now Zach is thrust back into the spotlight. So from your perspective, what advice would you give to Zach, and what do you expect from him as he once again tries to take that next step and, and help the Jets you know, fight for a playoff spot? This is a tough one. This is a complex one. This is, I mean, I was at that opening game and, and, you know, when Aaron went down and it was clear that he wasn't come back to play. And then it was, you know, then it was all this fears and anxiety about the whole year being gone. And, you know, it all happened right there in the, in the stadium and the fans and the, and the expectations. I can't tell you like how that you could just feel the pain of Chet fans. And then out came Zach Wilson and for them, their experience with Zach and how they feel about it was visceral. They're like, oh, and and Zach has to go into that and 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 answer that. 
And that is such a tough place to be. And Aaron was doing such a good job of giving Zach the space, giving him the support, the public support. When Aaron would say, Zach, you're, you know, he, he'd say publicly, Zach's a good player. I'm going to play for a couple years and Zach's going to take this thing. And that was the kind of stuff that was giving Zach that space to get all of his game back together. Um, it kind of broke into pieces and, and there were struggles to throw the ball, to throw it, you know, the, the simple stuff, the commodity throws were suddenly was in his head and he was struggling. It was like, it was just a mess. And, uh, and, and it's so hard to be in a place where it's a mess and then to kind of clean it up. But Zach intended to do it. And I, I love him for that. I love him for his, his steeliness about how he went into the off season. And then when Aaron came, I think Zach, it was as if Aaron was that big brother or father or whatever, that uncle, like, and, and just protected him. And now he was going to be, he was, he knew he was going to be great. And it just happened faster than I think Zach was maybe, and the fans were ready. Maybe Zach is ready. And I think Zach is better player than he was last year, significantly better player than he was last year. But the situation is just so hairy right now, especially in home games. I'm telling you the emotion that he has to deal with when he goes out on the field at a home game. And that's why I just, I admire him. I love him. I hope the best for him. I pray for him. I think he's good enough to go do it, but he needs those three or four games to just break out like Brock Purdy had, or, you know, any player. I remember when Dak Prescott had it and he was just like, also there's a couple, three games like, Oh, this is great. And, uh, and we just, we, he needs that. He needs that desperately. Uh, among that, amongst that fan base, so I'm, man, I, I that's a t he's in a tough spot, and I just I, I admire him. Luckily, Jets fans are just pretty passive and don't care that much about the team, so I think it's going to be okay for Zach. Uh, <laughs> well, Steve, go both ways too, right? It goes both ways. So I mean, you just you got to take it for what it is. Yep. And I, 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 having been in situations that are, you know, I relate to in some ways. And the, honestly, it gives me like a visceral kind of like, I'm like, oh, that's going to be it's just wow. Go go play some good ball, bro, because that's how you that's how you get out of that one. Absolutely. Well, Steve, we appreciate the time. Great insight. And uh, we always love chatting with you. Thanks for filling in for Tom. You did a really good job. You should do We should do this again. Yeah. Yeah. And Tom's going to be very upset with you that you, you didn't even, uh, you know, uh, he's. This is big moment, so you got to call him. Call him and do my do me a favor. I'm going to text you his number right now. Awesome. He's you know why he didn't answer? He's a, he's a, he's an anesthesiologist, a, a pediatric anesthesiologist down in uh, uh, Arizona. Uh, he's probably in the hospital, taking care of a little baby. But uh, the great Tom Young, he went on to he went on to greatness. He's yep. a doctor. I'm not. So my dad every day reminds me of that. And uh, you know, <laughs> grit, grit's gonna grit. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Grit's always going to grit. Great job, boys. All right, onward. See you. Steve Young, doing a great job filling in for uh, Tom. We got to get Tom on next year. Next year, we got to get Tom on. Yep. That's great yeah. stuff. Okay, yes. yesterday, Jason Shepard talked to Kansas head coach Lance Leipold about his comments from uh, earlier in the week about the age of BYU's roster, which has made some news. Uh, Lance Leipold wanted to clear some things up. Here it is. So I looked at our roster a couple of years ago and, and, you know, we were the youngest power five football team. And I look at the things that I dealt with as a head coach then about punctuality and other maybe signs of immaturity versus we do now. 
and and to have a roster of uh, of some players that are a little bit older have gone through some different things um possibly are married and 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 are, have to have to balance that life in a quality way as well is different and can be and can be a positive it, it's not looked at as a a high advantage or anything but i i, I do look at it as if i had my druthers of having a roster of 22 year olds versus 18 year olds i i know which way i would go and i kind of used it that way so cleared it up a little bit, uh, certainly clarified, and didn't want to ruffle any feathers there. You can catch the entirety of that interview and other interviews and good conversation and analysis pregame on Cougar Pregame Live coming up tomorrow at 1.30 Eastern ahead of BYU in Kansas on BYU Radio. Coming up, if you can get one guaranteed win over Kansas this year, are you picking football or men's hoops? We'll discuss. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to Studio B from Provo and Overland Park, Kansas. I'm Jeremy here, Spencer. Let's get to today's headlines. Beginning with BYU football, who will make their Big 12 Conference debut tomorrow against Kansas, 3.30 Eastern on ESPN in Lawrence. Get your pregame fix and join us for BYU Sports Station Game Day live on BYU TV at 1.30 Eastern or listen to Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio at the same time. Cougars in the NFL, Puka Nakua won NFL Rookie of the Week for his Week 2 performance. Up next, the Rams Monday Night Football against the Bengals. Fred Warner had four tackles in a Niners 30-12 win over the Giants last night. Games this weekend, Zach Wilson will make his second start of the season for the Jets against the Patriots. Tyler Algier and the Falcons play the Lions. More from Cougars in the NFL, including Taysom Hill and the Saints taking on Zane Anderson and the Green Bay Packers. Jamal Williams is questionable for the game. Michael Davis and the Chargers take on Jaron Hall, Kyrus Tonga, and the Minnesota Vikings. Chris Brooks and his Miami Dolphins face the Denver Broncos. Blake Freeland and the Indianapolis Colts face the Baltimore Ravens. And Dax Milne and the Washington, Washington Commanders rather take on the Buffalo Bills. Number six, BYU women's soccer beat Baylor 4-0. Got a brace from Brecken Mozingo, goal from Allie Fryer, and that one from Rachel McCarthy, which was incredible. BYU plays at Texas Monday. Congrats to the women's first Big 12 conference win. Tenth-ranked BYU women's volleyball looks to move to 2-0 in Big 12 conference play when they host 18th-ranked Baylor Saturday, 3 Eastern on Big 12 Now with ESPN+. I'm excited for that one. Number three men's cross-country competes in the Virginia Invitational on Saturday. Number six women's cross-country team is racing in the Bill Dellinger Invitational in Eugene, Oregon tonight. Ashley Hatch played 28 minutes off the bench for the United States national women's soccer team and a 3-0 win over South Africa in a friendly held in Cincinnati. They play again Sunday in Chicago against South Africa again. Those are the headlines. Now let's whip it. Tune Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. You get one guaranteed win against Kansas this year, Jerem. Are you taking it for BYU in football tomorrow? Or are you winning at Fog Allen Fieldhouse against the Jayhawks in men's basketball? I'm taking men's hoops because that one's going to be harder. I feel like football could win without the guarantee. Wow. Well, yeah, when you throw in the guarantee, you guarantee you probably, I don't know. I don't know. Like, what happens if BYU gets to 4-0 in football? Football is king, and frankly, 
BYU has beaten number one high-powered team, Gonzaga, before several times. And what did it do? In some cases, didn't even get BYU into the NCAA tournament. So I'm taking football, man. I'm 4-0, you're ranked, you're rolling, you start conference play 1-0, I'm going football. Check out women's volleyball taking on number 18 Baylor. BYU's ranked 10th. That's uh, on ESPN Plus, Big 12 now, coming up tomorrow at 3 Eastern time. We'll preview the weekend coming up after the break in the Big 12 Roundup and Prop Picks. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B in Provo and Overland Park, Kansas, ahead of BYU in Kansas coming up tomorrow. So let's get to today's Big 12 Roundup. What's the score? Is it you 3-0 right all now? Right. Yes, indeed. Uh, I've won all three weeks. Uh, we'll see if Jeremy can get on the board here. And it begins with 16th-ranked Oklahoma at Cincinnati in the Bearcats' first-ever Big 12 game. Oklahoma is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. Who you got, Jeremy? Give me OU and a super pick. I believe in the Sooners' offense. Come on, Dylan Gabriel. Wow, I'm with you. Oklahoma, they're not my super pick, but I think Oklahoma's really good, and Cincinnati's reeling a little bit after losing at home last week to Miami of Ohio. Iron skillet rivalry game. SMU versus TCU. Horned Frogs getting six and a half. Excuse me, SMU getting six TCU's and a half. I think TCU's really good. Yeah, I think TCU's really good, Jerem. I think they're better than most people think. They, they kind of got put on the back burner after losing to Colorado. TCU's great football team, great program. I'm taking TCU. They are my super pick. I believe they will cover and win another game. Horn Frog's going to cook with oil. See what I mean? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, Texas Tech, five-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Morgantown at West Virginia. I like Tech. Uh, they, they lost Wyoming in double OT. They lost one score to Oregon. I still think the Red Raiders are pretty good, top five in the Big 12. Give me the Red Raiders to cover the five-and-a-half. Yeah, we haven't differed in any of the first three uh, other than our super picks. I I'm with you. I think Texas Tech is a, is a good football team that uh, has been kind of left out in the cold a little bit after losing a couple of tough, close games. Really, Texas Tech wins in Morgantown tomorrow, and they cover. Oklahoma State, Iowa State, perhaps the worst game of the season so far in the league. <laughs> I like Oklahoma State. Iowa State, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I know they're home, but... That's why. I, yeah, I'm not buying the Cyclones right now. Like, o Oklahoma State, they need a quarterback. But I feel like Oklahoma State's gone on the road. They won at Arizona State. They're a bad at Power 5 program. They can go on the road and beat another bad Power 5 team in Iowa State. I got Oklahoma State at worst to cover. Give me the Cyclones at home. Let's go. Okay. So we, got, we finally have a difference. All right. How about this? Former BYU opponent Sam Houston on the road at... Houston as a 12 and a half point underdog. Cook struggling out of the gate. Give me Sam Houston. We saw that they could hang with BYU. So I, I go Sam Houston covers here at the 12 and a half. Yeah, the Houston Cougars offense has not been good. They haven't been explosive. They haven't scored a ton of points. They, they've looked suspect at best. I think Sam Houston has a decent defense. They have no offense, but this could be a game just like BYU played against Sam Houston. Low scoring. And, uh, yeah, the Bearcats, I think they cover 12 and a half. Third ranked Texas by 15 and a half against Baylor on the road. 
I'm taking Texas here. I know that Texas has not been great against the spread this year, but Baylor is not in a good place. And I think the Longhorns, they feel like at number three, they have something to prove. This is another opportunity for them to go on the road and win big, and I think they will. Wyoming greater than Baylor, although Texas opened it up in the fourth quarter with 21 points. It was 10-10 with Wyoming in DKR last week. So give me Texas 15 and All right, UCF at Kansas State. The Wildcats in Manhattan are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I would say UCF in this one, but uh, John Reese Plumley will not play in the game, so give me Kansas State, five-and-a-half. Kansas State's fired up after losing to Missouri on just a ridiculous 61-yard field goal. They've rallied. They're upset. They want to get back in the rankings. They're a good team. They're going to respond at home and cover against UCF. Last but not least, BYU-Kansas, Jayhawks by nine-and-a-half. I think everybody knows where we're both going with this one. BYU is not, not a 10-point underdog or even a 9.5-point underdog. BYU covers here in Lawrence. Uh, BYU doesn't just cover. They outright win. Let's go. Okay, let's push ahead to uh, this week's Ooh. prop picks. Spencer's up 2-0. We tied in once. So you're up 2-0 this week. First one. What will be the first score of the game? BYU touchdown, Kansas touchdown, BYU field goal, Kansas field goal, or the field, a.k.a. safety? Man, given the stats that we discussed earlier in today's show, I, I feel like I should pick a BYU score of some point, but I feel like it's going to be a Kansas field goal. I'm going with D Kansas field goal to open up the scoring. I go Kansas touchdown. Ooh, all right. Let's hope BYU proves us wrong. Number two, over under 225 passing yards for Keaton Slovis. Over. He breaks out and throws over the top of that Jayhawk defense. Oh, I love that. I don't know if the weather's going to accommodate 225 passing yards, so I'm going under. Over under two and a half receptions for Darius Lowe. Who will lead? Yeah, uh, I'm going to go under here with Darius. I know it's a big game for him and his family. Under. Over. All right. Who will lead BYU in receiving yards while we're talking about wide receivers? Cody Epp shows up in this one. Ooh. I have Chase Roberts. It's been my Y factor and won it for me the last two weeks. It's going to be Chase Roberts. Closest to the pin, last but not least, combined penalty yards between both teams. 111 combined penalty yards. What's your mark? 120. 120. Today's rise and shout out uh, <laughs> okay. is coming up in just a moment, but our question of the day, Kansas is favored over BYU by as many as 10 points for tomorrow's game. Is that fair or disrespectful to BYU? Our elite voice of the day is presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Kevin Kelly on Facebook says, it seems like too big of a spread to me, but if it motivates BYU to prove people wrong, I will take it. And certainly, as I've mentioned a gajillion times on this hour-long daily program, BYU functions way better as a dog than it does a favorite. And I, I believe, and I think you believe, that BYU is going to come out fired up. And it was probably not a good move to make BYU a big dog in this one because they were last week. They went down 14-0, and it did not matter in a hostile environment. I would not call this a hostile environment for Kansas, just the fourth sellout in the last three years. They're increasing in, in skill, talent, and in what uh, the stadium is like for these games. It's going to be a, a big-time uh, game for BYU in a lot of regards. Cougars have been to tougher places, Spence, and won. This is not too big for BYU. Just lost you. I can't hear anything. Uh, in, can you hear in me now? Ear, so I, I have no idea where you just. I can. Now, now you're back. Okay, yeah. Okay, I just said an amazing comment 
and it was too bad you didn't hear it. Today's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America, <laughs> the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Uh, BYU alumni showing up and doing great work again. There's a service project in the tailgate. They're trying to uh, gather books. They, they've already received 800-plus books. This is going to be awesome, Spence, uh, and it's going to be great. You're going to see it tomorrow in Lawrence. Our Fantastic. thanks to today's guest, yes. Steve Young. And the conversation continues 24-7 on X, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all of our shows on demand at BYUSN.com. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. We tried to get Tom Young over you. We couldn't get him, so we settled for Steve. For Spencer, I am Jerem. Jump to Chad Hansen. See you tomorrow for BYU football's pregame at 1.30 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Go Coach!